Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH, this is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Gester. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jake Falbrock, Tommy Caster. Um, man, what a what a first hour there. Uh, good stuff with Wyatt Thompson. Shocker Baseball broadcast are available for free here on KFH and the Odyssey app. Stay tuned to KFH for Wichita State Baseball coming up at 245 or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH. Uh, baseball home opener is today. This afternoon, I saw that they're, I think, giving away free pizza to students out there on the new deck. What a fantastic idea that is um, to, to get students back out on that party deck. You know, Tommy, I have not, I've heard stories of how that was like the best place in the world to be was out there on that party deck. Because you can bring in your food, your beverages, whatever, sit out there and enjoy it. I just really, really, really want Shocker Baseball to be good. You know, of all the things yeah. I've been fortunate enough to cover in the last decade I've been here, that's the one that still evades us is just a really good, exciting Wichita State baseball season. Uh, and we've seen some early signs that, you know, maybe this team can sort of get back in the mix and recapture some of that. And I, I really hope we can. That home opener happens out there today. Uh, if you can't make it out, you will hear the game uh, right here on KFH. Taking on Utah Tech. Pre-game coverage begins at 245. Uh, but free pizza out on the deck. That's a that's a pretty good promotion for a college kid. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, the home opener this weekend. Uh, today might be a, a tad bit chilly. Uh, this weekend should warm up really nicely. I think it's going to be windy regardless, but that's all right. I mean, looking at temperatures in the 70s and 80s this weekend. So really, you know, not no excuse to not get out to X Stadium for the games, at least tomorrow and Sunday uh, against Utah Tech. I know that uh, I think both games are matinees. Uh, tomorrow and Sunday, I believe. I think we're looking at like a noon or one o'clock start, uh, at least on Sunday. So uh, a good opportunity to get out there and uh, support 
this new shocker team, the new shocker staff and all of that. And like you mentioned, they've shown some flashes early on with that upset win uh, over Iowa early this season. So yeah, they, they've got some momentum going their way and looking forward to having them back here for the home opener. Yeah, it's um, it's it needs to happen, Tommy. I, I don't know what it'll take. I mean, weather will be a thing early, of course, as you mentioned. It'll be windy out there this weekend, um, which will not be. At least it'll be warm and windy. It'll be you know, warm. Sometimes, yeah. in the, sometimes in these early season games, like you get there in the shade and it is cold at Shocker baseball games. We always battle that. But yeah, I mean. All things considered, you know, you got to take a little wind, but you get the warm with it. That's as good as they've had an opportunity for home openers. And it really, you know, I'm not as worried about what's happening in early March out there as I am, you know, when it really gets warm and nice outside and do whatever. I just, I want it to be buzzing enough that, yeah, maybe the maybe take the fam out and sit yeah. out, sit out on the party deck and see what it's like. And you know what? Uh, today is March 1st, and it's it always like it signifies a lot for me because, you know, not only do I feel like baseball season is basically here. I mean, spring training going on right now. Shockers back, you know, at home for their home opener this weekend. But it gets, you know, I always feel like once you get out of the month of February, yeah, there can always be more snow. There can always be cold weather and all of that. But I feel like we're pretty much out of the winter time now for the most part, which is good. And I always signify like March 1st is that date. Uh, you know, when I feel like we're kind of out of that daylight savings time in a couple of weeks. So I feel good about it. I don't feel good about my allergies. That's usually the only thing. I mean, it's my birthday month. Um, Me too. I love March. I hate my allergies right now. I'm ready for those to stop. And once that happens, then I get really excited about the spring. Um, and, and, you know, that's a silly thing. I, I do love the spring too. I love it a little bit later into the spring. I need the weather to turn to, to really feel it. And once we get like toward the end of March madness, then you're getting toward the beginning of baseball season. I feel like that's sort of the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's going to feel, it feels like the winter still in most of March. Um, I, I think March is that month where we're like, all right, it's over. And then we're just fooled, right? Like Lucy pulls the football out uh, behind <laughs> us. But but it does also mean we get into uh, the part of the NFL season that's as fascinating as any, Tommy. And that's this this quarterback stuff. And we have Caleb Williams not taking a physical. And oh, Caleb Williams not taking a physical. Why isn't he taking a physical? Like, what's what are we doing here? Uh, Justin Fields trade rumors. We're trying to analyze what everybody says. The Bears are taking Caleb Williams. I mean, let's let's be real. Bears are taking Caleb Williams. He didn't want to take physical because they want to take, you know, a bunch of physicals. I, I get it. Uh, I get it. So if Caleb Williams is the guy, it means that Justin Fields gets traded. I'm curious about his trade value. I would be pretty surprised if it's a, you know, if I'm the Bears, I want somebody's first at, at minimum, right? I don't know that it'll get that high. What would you be willing to take then at that point? I mean, I think I'd ask for a first now or then move on to like maybe a second this year and a second next year. I wonder if it's going to get that high for Justin Fields. And that will be the interesting part of this because think about if Ryan Pohl says if they're trading him, they want to do it right before free agency, which means they're going to trade it, but they want to do right by Justin Fields. It does sort of shrink your leverage at the same time you do that because don't you think it, adds to his value for teams to know what they can potentially do in free agency at quarterback. You know what I mean? 
Like waiting a long time benefits the Bears the most. But if they really want to do right by fields and just move on from this, then yeah, making it sooner. But I mean, should the Bears be rushed to make a trade? Because to me, the more logical timeline is the draft, not free agency, but that's not necessarily the best thing for Justin Fields. I feel like they've got their minds made up, but maybe not exactly which roadmap they're going to take. Like, I'm kind of with you. Ryan Pools doesn't make those comments if they're not planning on trading Justin Fields away. But what I don't think that they, they're settled on as of right now is when do they trade him? When can they get the most maximum value out of him? Uh, and what really are they looking for in return for Justin Fields? Uh, and I've said all along, if it were me, if I'm in that role as Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, I'm probably going to stick with Justin Fields, but I'm also not a major risk taker either. That's just not my nature. I'm probably going to stick with the guy that I've already invested in and built an offense around. But I understand the appeal of Caleb Williams. Now the question is, if that's the direction that it looks like they're going to go, do you try to get it done in the next week or two? Do you wait until closer to the draft? And, you know, maybe at that point you've got teams that are more desperate to move up. I, you know, I think that you could look at it one way or another. Uh, does it, how important is it to you to move away from Justin Fields immediately and start to put the pieces in place for Caleb Williams? Or do you let it drag out a little bit more to see if that value can grow? Yeah, I don't think it benefits the Bears at all to rush it. I, I think, I mean, and Paul said it, they would do it to do right by Justin Fields. There's no benefit to quickly making the trade for the Bears because if they already know what they're going to do, they can let things settle out and drive up Justin Fields' trade value. I mean, Justin Fields isn't going to become less valuable. I think that I think that's pretty unlikely, that, that he becomes less valuable once free agency goes through. The flip side of that is, though, maybe teams that would be in the market for Justin Fields solve quarterback in different ways that aren't expected. Now, that would also mean, like, it, let's say Kirk Cousins signs somewhere else. You know, are the Vikings then in the market for Justin Fields? Or if, you know, Baker Mayfield doesn't return to the Buccaneers? I mean, you've got either side of that, right? Either the team that didn't sign Baker Mayfield is in on fields or the team that might have didn't get him is now in on field. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I can't figure out the value to the bears in rushing this other than they know it's going to be better for Justin Fields to do it that way. Because right now, if they do that, and this is why it's better for Justin Fields. If you make the trade before free agency, Justin Fields has more potential suitors. If you wait until free agency begins, perhaps some of his potential suitors then go off the market because they do other things at quarterback or they make other trades, you know, at quarterback that would that would make them not want to trade for Justin Fields. Give you an example. Let's say let's say Pittsburgh, who I think would be a great fit for Justin Fields in the short term, decides that they're going to go all in on Kirk Cousins, for instance. Well, now you've got you've got a situation where Fields doesn't get the opportunity for that landing spot, and I don't think the Bears would trade him to Minnesota. So that's that would be one where hitting free agency isn't good for Fields, but it wouldn't necessarily be bad for the for the Bears, right? Like it's not it's not like the Bears are losing out by waiting. You know, they they don't really. I don't I don't I think waiting allows them to drive up the value. 
Now you've got teams that are more desperate to me if they don't make it through. So, you know, it's are, are you more desperate if you're a team waiting on fields or if if you make the move quickly? Do, and again, you know, it is interesting because if you if you're trying to get maximum value for the Bears, I I can't think of a way that waiting for free agency hurts you, honestly. Like I don't know how how moving quickly drives up the value. I think it would it would strictly be doing right by Justin Fields, and I hope they do that. Don't get me wrong. I I hope that they're able to do that by you know for Fields, but I don't think it benefits them in any way to rush this. But that's what they say they want to do. Well, I think the only thing that could maybe stand in the way, and not really stand in the way, but could be a, a hurdle. I think is the unlikely scenario that Caleb Williams draft stock starts to fall a little bit. And, and yeah, I know he's not taking a physical. I know that he's not doing these different things in the combine. Um, there would have to be something else that comes out that would make that tumble a little bit. And I just don't foresee that happening. I don't even know what that would be necessarily. If you wait, you do run the risk of if that draft stock dips a little bit, then you may not get quite the return for Justin Fields that you might otherwise have gotten. But again, I think that's unlikely. I think that for teams that want Justin Fields, and I think that there are probably a handful of them that are quarterback needy, that have the draft capital and have the means to be able to make a move to bring in Justin Fields, I think that it does uh, benefit them to try to get something done as soon as possible. And I think the Bears know that. I think that they can certainly hold out a little bit you know, to try to get that maximum value. I don't know if we're talking about the Falcons, potentially, I, I go back to them as a quarterback needy team. The Steelers, potentially a quarterback needy team. And then if you've got a, you know, one of those teams, maybe the Vikings, depending on uh, what happens with Kirk Cousins, although I don't know how, you know, uh, happy the Bears would be to trade inside the division. Uh, but there, there are some options out there. I just think you, these teams also have to weigh, is it better to bring in Justin Fields, who is unproven? Or is it better to bring in Russell Wilson, who we know who he is? He's a veteran. He's on the decline. I think we can all tell that. Which is going to be better? You know, a Russell Wilson Band-Aid or an unproven Justin Fields? Well, I think that's situational, too. Like, you know, it depends on what your team is looking for. Like, I, I think you could look at a team like Pittsburgh and wonder, right? Like, is, is in a one-year scenario... Is Fields going to help you more than Russell Wilson might? I, I think most people would say you you'd be more because because Fields isn't costing a lot of money yet, and and Russell Wilson is. So I would imagine that there aren't many teams that would rather go Fields than Wilson just for that reason. Because if you go trade for let's say you trade for Fields, and he's not and he and he has just a really bad year. You you've you're only on the hook for what you traded to get him. You're not on the hook for like a bunch of money, like you potentially could be for Russell Wilson. So, you know, I I think I think there's little risk depending on what you give up to get him, and and so that's where it comes into the you know the question of what is that value? You know, he's I, I saw Adam Schefter. I think it was on the the Pardon My Take podcast or this morning, I believe, sort of trying to compare and gauge that value. And he he put it somewhere between what, you know, what the Chiefs gave up to get Alex Smith and what, you know, the Panthers gave up to get Sam Darnold. 
And I think that was, I think it was two seconds for Alex Smith. And then I think it was like a second and a fourth or something like that for Sam Darnold when they made the trade. So does a team get into a first round? Like what team would be willing to give up a first round pick? Atlanta's not going to give up pick nine or whatever it is for Justin Fields. I don't think. I don't think they're going to do that. So would there be a team willing to give up a first for Fields? I think that's what the Bears would hope for, obviously. Right, that's what they would ask for. I'm not sure that that's likely. I, maybe Pittsburgh, and I don't know where they pick, but a team that picks toward the end of the first round, maybe. And and again, like it sort of depends. It's a double-edged sword. Like You're trying to, A, evaluate Justin Fields appropriately, but B, understand the market so you don't give up too much, right? You're trying to gauge what other teams think of him too, and, and that all, that stuff all gets played close to the vest. And so it's like, how aggressive do we have to be here? I would say that, you know, if a team values him and thinks this this guy's really good and going to be the future, then you don't worry as much about it and you trust that evaluation and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll trade Jeff first. But one first and that's well, it. Like, no but more. If, if I'm the Bears, if I'm Ryan Poles, you know, do I, I think I might be more willing to trade for multiple mid-round picks than I would be to go late in the first round for one pick, you know, so Pittsburgh, for example, if they're somewhere, I, I think they're around 20, maybe in their pick, I, you know, I don't know if I would want that quite as much as I might want a second and a fourth kind of what the Panthers got for Sam Darnold or two thirds and a fifth or something like that. I, I think I would almost rather have the number of picks in the middle of the draft. Uh, because again, you're talking about a rookie quarterback coming in with Caleb Williams and you've got an offense that you have built uh, offensive line and, and, you know, different skill players and all of that. But I do think that it would be valuable to have multiple picks off of that Justin Fields trade. So I, I wouldn't be, a, I think I would almost be more apt to go for two or maybe try to get three picks in the middle of the draft and just trading for one first rounder. Uh, I think I'd rather have the one first rounder if I was the Bears. Um, Even if that first rounder is pick 22, 21, whatever, wherever Pittsburgh lands. Yeah, probably. If it's okay. 22 or if it's 42 and 82, pretty much, I, I guess, is, you know, that's, pro- well, maybe even 42 and 102. 22 or 42 and 102. Um, That's, uh, you know, I... It's eye of the beholder stuff because it, it also, like, if you're the Bears, are you ready to compete next year with Caleb Williams? Probably not quite. So then, yeah, maybe multiple picks helps you, you know, as you just continue to acquire players and acquire players. It, it'll be okay. It, it, how many teams should be interested in Justin Fields? That's the other thing. Like, as you look at it and you look at the league, at teams that could or should be interested in trading for Justin Fields, I look at New England would be a yes, they should be interested. Um, Pittsburgh, yes, should be interested. Tennessee, probably not. I think they probably feel pretty good about Will Levis, right? Vegas, I would say, yeah, should probably be interested. If Denver's not going on with Russell Wilson, should they be interested? I mean, probably. Giants, probably. Washington, I don't think so. I think they're going to take their quarterback. Um, You know, Minnesota, if they don't land Cousins, Perhaps. I think they're going to land Cousins, though. Tampa, if they don't land Baker Mayfield, perhaps. But I think they're going to land Baker Mayfield. How about a team like New Orleans? 
Why not? Well, I Atlanta think they feel pretty a, good about Derek Carr, right? I mean, I think you know, uh, I know that he was beat up big time last year. Um, I feel like they they think that he is, you know, at least okay enough. I mean, like remember they weren't that far away from a playoff berth. It, it was a weak division last year, but they weren't that far away from making the playoffs. And Derek Carr had, I think at one point, like seven different injuries going on, you know? So if you can get him fully healthy, I think they feel fairly good about him. What about, uh, what about a team like well, Atlanta's an obvious yes, I think. What about a team like Seattle, right? It, it, and that one would get curious because, you know, are you going to come in? They did in restructure as, a Geno Smith deal, I believe. That's what I mean. That would be an interesting idea because if you're bringing fields in, you want him to play, certainly. Um, you're not going to bring him in to sit. They would they would probably be more inclined to take a rookie and let them sit behind Geno for a year. Like, yeah. if I'm Seattle, and I know that there are teams willing to move around, I, that th- them getting a quarterback, they're in such a perfect position organizationally. I mean, they're, they're basically where the Chiefs were, right? You have this good starter. You could get a quarterback and just put him on ice for a year basically, like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes while you still had Alex Smith. You know you'll be a contender in the year you've got Geno still. And then you go that I think Seattle is a sneaky team to do something for a quarterback in this draft. I really do. Um, so they, I would say, no, they're probably not in for fields. So, you know, it's, a, it's enough teams there that the Bears could drive up the value. I will be pretty surprised if they get a first-round pick. I really will. And I think right now you're going to see a situation of, you know, the Steelers and the Falcons probably – trying to drive that price down as much as they can. I can't believe that Paul said what he said publicly because it does drive down the value of fields, right? It, it does. But, again, if he really is just trying to do right by fields, which, again, I, they must be because that's the only reason you do it, then, then good for them. But it will be interesting, not just because, you know, we've got Caleb Williams and that star power at the top of the draft, but because – we're not certain Justin Fields isn't going to be a really good NFL quarterback, right? This isn't yeah. the Josh Rosen thing. This isn't even the Sam Darnold thing. Like, I think most people still think there is plenty of upside for Justin Fields, and his story is not told at what kind of quarterback he's going to be. I think he has an opportunity to be a really good NFL quarterback. Opportunity to not be certainly is there too, but this isn't the usual situation of these guys. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to talk a little bit about KU basketball and – you know, what What we might see from them down the stretch, what's even important and to take away from these, you know, final games. Bill Self said yesterday, we're not winning the Big 12. I mean, I, this is a unique situation for Kansas. I, I don't recall a time where Kansas is as, I don't want to say uninterested in the in the end of the, I don't think it's that, but that there's really nothing there for them in these, in these last handful of games. We'll get into KU when we return on Sports Daily.
All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Uh, don't do this a ton. Just a news item because it impacts so many people here. Uh, just to let everybody know what's happening at the moment. Uh, stories are coming out now that Boeing is in talks to buy Spirit Aerosystems. Spirit Aerosystems, of course, a huge part of the Wichita economy, a huge part of the state's economy, largest, wow. largest, uh, you know, employer, uh, private employer in the state of Kansas. So I don't know what that means. Uh, I just know it's impactful. So if you haven't seen that, uh, that's that is uh, some buzz that I, I think was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Um, and, and of course, now we're chasing it over at 12 News, potentially massive story. So know that affects a lot of people potentially just wanted to let you know that that's happening right now. Um, Tommy, let's talk a little KU basketball this weekend. So I don't know how to properly gauge motivations at this point. You know, Bill Self, he 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 he, I mean, he admitted and it's true. Like they're not going to win the Big 12 regular season. But he also said we got two quad one opportunities and, and a rivalry game left on the table. You know, they're road games, Baylor, Houston. I'm not sure that I would pick KU in either of those games right now with the cat without Kevin McCullough. I think at home against the desperate Kansas State team is far from a, a shoe in. So, you know, how rough could this get down the stretch? I mean, could I mean could KU really lose three out of their last four here? I think it's on the table. I think it's on the table. But but so is playing really well and reestablishing things for Kansas too. I mean, they're both sort of there. It's an interesting dynamic for KU, who is almost always playing for a Big 12 regular season championship at this point of the season, and they're not going to be doing that this time. I think, again, it all comes down to what happens with Kevin McCuller, and this is a day-by-day situation. It truly is, and one day we feel positive, and the next day we don't, and then we're optimistic, and then we're not. Bill Self came out yesterday and said that depending on how practice went yesterday and practice went today, Kevin McCuller could potentially be a go tomorrow. Now, I don't know if that's changed you know, since uh, yesterday, since he made those comments about 24 hours ago. But like I said, this is a day-by-day situation. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't, you know, he said he's doing better. I don't know what that means. I don't know if we're going to be able to see him before the end of the regular season or if it's a postseason thing. At one point, I think it, we weren't even sure if we would see him for the rest of the year. So, again, it all comes back down to, Number one, his availability, and then number two, on top of that, if he is available, his effectiveness. Yeah, I I don't know how much sense it makes to go if you're McCuller and time helps. I, I don't know that I it's so strange, right? It's it's sort of like honestly, it's sort of like Jalen Daniels, right? Like, is it worth it to go if you're not fully ready to go? Would it be better for McCuller to just hang tight and and continue to work and get healthy? I don't think he needs to go as far as like being able to just come back in and be effective. It's an interest. I, I just I wouldn't expect him to. What would be the point at this? You know, you don't want to lose 
you don't want to lose ground in the Big 12. These games matter. They do matter to seeding. And and look, if McCuller feels like he's ready to go and he wants KU to have its best chance at a national championship, then yeah, I guess you play and you try to pick up these wins so you can get better seeding in the NCAA tournament. Certainly. The question yeah, I becomes, think the, is yeah. that, though, the best op- – is it better to do that or is it better to just go into the tournament as a three or four seed with a healthy McCuller? Well, I mean, I think that you know that you've got to have him – in the mar in the, in the NCAA tournament, if you want to make a run, I think that that is just a that's a key. Um, if they don't have him, if they don't get him back in time for March Madness, I mean, I think that this is a team that, you know, regardless if they're a three or four seed, they could be primed for an upset in the first round, uh, or at at the very best, maybe the second round, uh, because what Kevin McCuller brings is he brings uh, an ability to defend, he brings an ability to score on the perimeter. And he hits free throws, and he he especially hits free throws when they're down the stretch. And that was a huge issue on Tuesday night against BYU. They didn't have that. They didn't have the defensive capabilities of McCuller. They didn't have a shot-making and shot-creating ability, and they didn't have him making free throws uh, out on the court. And that's what doomed them against BYU. You get into a tournament situation where you're in a vacuum and you're playing back-to-back games or whatever, you've got to have his veteran experience and those things that he brings to the table. So I I think that you know it's just a, a given that if, for you know, worst case scenario, if you don't have him in postseason play, you're looking at an early round exit for the Jayhawks, regardless of what their seed is. You know, you're talking about a three seed or a four seed. I don't think it necessarily matters without him on the court in those crucial games. I think they're going to be going home early. I agree with that, and that's what I mean. Like, it, so which is better? I I'd say it's better to have him fully healthy and go into the tournament as a four seed than yeah. to have him try to piece it together to cling to a two seed. I mean, at that point, who cares, right? Like you, Because it's not like, I mean, for KU, the reality is for KU, it is nice to get a couple of tournament wins and make it onto the Sweet 16. It's always how I gauge things, right, for great teams. However, I mean, is that that much better than potentially making a Final Four run or, or having an early exit. I, I'm not sure. And so if you're going to make a deep run anyway, you're going to have to beat two, three, one seeds. Like, it doesn't really matter when your expectation is to go on to the Final Four for KU. Like, it, it's irrelevant, right? You could be a 10 seed. If you think if you think you're good enough to go to the Final Four, you're going to have to go through all those teams anyway. It's so much luck of the draw, right? It's all stylistic matchups. You might be a four seed. And, and play a worse, you know, you might have a worse situation as, let's say, a playing in like a 4-5 as you do a 4-1, depending on who the 1 is and who the 5 is, right? Especially this year. Like, is there a top 20 matchup that you would feel good about one way or the other versus for, for KU? It all, it, a lot of it depends on, you know, who they're playing and can they shoot the three well and, and all of those kinds of things. That, that, that's what's going to matter for KU as much as anything. So I just don't really care what seed they are. And even, even like I'd love for them to play in Omaha. I hope that happens because it's close to home base. But again, is, is that even, at the end of the day, the most important thing? The most important thing is that McCuller has, is ready to roll if he's going to be at the right time. So I don't, I don't know that I even want to see him play against Baylor on Saturday. I just want to see him be healthy. Was, 
But that's why it was so uh, interesting with Bill Self in his comments yesterday. Because remember, was it maybe Tuesday, I think, in his media availability? Self said that, you know, he wasn't even sure if McCuller would be back in any capacity at all. And then yesterday he goes, well, yeah, if he practices well, you know, today and tomorrow, then he could play against Baylor. He could play against Baylor. And so it's just been this back and forth roller coaster. And that would lead me to believe, and, and whether we're talking about the KU camp or the McCuller camp, that would lead me to believe that this injury is something that potentially can be managed, you know, potentially is something that you could still have, you know, effectiveness playing through. Keep in mind, McCuller played through the injury in one game and was pretty effective in that game. It was on the road against Oklahoma. I think he had 20-some points in that game. After sitting out two, he came back and played one game, and then he's been out ever since. So, you know, I don't know if it's something that if you have him back for the remainder of the regular season games, if it's just a, you know, gritting it through the injury in those games and you can still be effective, if it's something that you can manage, if it's a pain I mean, tolerance thing. It. Right. I don't yeah. know. It could, it could be a pain tolerance thing. And if you can't make it any worse, then maybe it is something you can play through. I just, I don't know. And that's really what's been... Um, the difficult thing in assessing all of this is exactly what kind of injury are we talking about here and what's the level of uh, re-injury, re-aggravation and all of that. The other part of it, too, is even more. And, and look, we're all looking at McCullough as the key, and he is the key because he's the best player on the floor. It's it's more than that, too, though. Like Hunter Dickinson and K.J. Adams and Dewan Harris, at minimum, have to play better, right? It's not... It, Trying to expect things out of Timberlake slash the freshman is not. It's not. I don't. Not appropriate. It's not the right word. It's not the. It's not the thing though to focus on. If they're going to do anything, yes, they need McCuller and a healthy McCuller. They also need Hunter Dickinson to be the best he can be, and they also need KJ Adams to be a dominant force down low, and they also need Dewan Harris not to turn the ball over and to be able to hit an open three. Like all of these things matter. Right, if they're going to make a run. That's why I think there are so many KU fans, at least that I hear from, that are pretty leery of this postseason. Like they're all they're all gonna have to come together in a way that we just haven't seen at least we haven't seen it on a on a consistent basis, I think is fair. I think we've seen it in spurts. We've seen it certainly in spurts at home. We haven't really seen it on the road at all. And so all of those things do have to happen, you know, sort of at the same time. I, I think that we talked to Wyatt Thompson about how important the Big 12 tournament is for K-State. That's where I think, like, KU, we're going to learn a lot about is in that tournament format because we know that in one game— like, are we really going to be surprised if they go down to Waco and beat Baylor by 10? I, I don't think so. No. But would we be? I think we'd be more surprised to see him be able to do it back-to-back nights in the Big 12 tournament. And I also think that would tell us more about their prospects in the NCAA tournament. I, I think what we're seeing now is just like it's just like we're treading water to get to what really matters for KU, and that's what's so interesting. Again, back to the original point I was trying to make is like this is sort of uncharted territory for them. When was the and I and I'm I'm legitimately asking this, this isn't a hypothetical question. When was the last time with three games to go, KU was not in the mix to win a Big 12 championship in the regular season? I mean, has that happened in the last 20 years? Yeah, I, you know, there was the, the year that they, the first year after the streak, when they didn't win the Big 12 after 
was it 14 in a row or 15 in a row? They were, I think they were out of it with a couple of games to go at that point. Um, that was a, that was the year that I believe Chris Beard was at Texas tech and tech played in the national championship. Yeah. And I remember tech beat Kansas by like 30 some points in the, in the regular season. Uh, and that was, I'm, I'm pretty sure if my memory serves, that was the year that the, the streak was broken for Kansas, I think. And they were out of it, I think, with a couple of weeks to go. But to your point, it, it doesn't happen hardly at all ever uh, when they're not at least in the discussion with three or four games to go in the regular season to win a, at least a share of the Big 12 uh, championship. And I don't mean that only as a bad thing either, by the way. I, I just mean it as it's an interesting thing because it will allow Bill Self, perhaps, to do things a little bit differently. I don't think it's out of the realm at all to think that the best thing for the team may be to pull back a little bit down the stretch here and, and get everybody rested up ahead of the tournament you know, season. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And in fact, I think it's a fine strategy. I don't know that they'll do that, and I don't know that it is the best strategy, but I think it's an option on the table for them now that's not normally on the table for them. Maybe it is a chance when you know that you've pushed the starters to play so many minutes and we all know that they seem to be a little gassed. If it's not going to kill you either way, they're not going to do it against K-State, right? They're going to get in senior night and all that stuff. They're going to bring it against K-State. But in these two road games, maybe you pull back a little bit to get a little extra rest. I don't think it's the worst thing for this team. Like, this this possibility of them stumbling down the stretch but then being good in the tournament seasons, I, I totally think is on the table, and I think it could strategically be something they're considering. And I and only started to really think about it when when Bill Self was very candid yesterday, talking about, like, oh, guys, we're not going to win the Big 12. Like, so it's almost like, huh, I wonder, I wonder if there's some thought process and then they're not going to mail it in. That's not what I'm saying at all. Don't think that I am. But if you know you're going to need Timberlake or those two freshmen to step up, why not give them some extended minutes now and maybe get some extended rest for your other players? Just something to think about as we watch these final games. They'll get Baylor on Saturday. Um, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to bet it because I don't really know what to expect. I, that's not, I don't know what the line's going to be. I'm sure that Baylor will be favored by a very, very slight margin or it'd be close to a pickup, but I'm not going to bet it. I just don't know what the psychology of KU is right now. I don't know how you bet them. I don't know how you even look at it that way. I think all you have to do tomorrow is look at, assuming that there's not any kind of announcement made today about McCuller, I think you, you watch tomorrow and, and see if he's on the court. If he plays, I think that tells you the mentality down the stretch for Kansas uh, in the regular season. If he doesn't play, then I think it's status quo. I think that we continue with the mindset that, they're trying to get him ready for the postseason. Uh, that that's well, just be, kind of. I think you have to look at that guy and what he his, plays and he from plays a betting 15 perspective. Minutes. Yeah, that's that you know that's that's tough to do when you don't have him on the court um, because of you know they didn't have him against Texas at home and they blew out Texas, but right. then they go to B or they BYU comes in and they lose without him. So it makes it really hard to go one way or the other, regardless of of his availability. But as far as their mindset is concerned and what their priorities are right now. Look to see if McCuller's on the court tomorrow. That will tell you one way or another what they're prioritizing right now. 
but even if he is on the court, he could come on the court and play 12 minutes, right? Like, I think that's possible, too. And, I'm not, again, like, none of this is to say they're not trying to win every game. That's not what I'm saying. I just – I think they have opportunities to do what's best for themselves in the postseason that might look a little different in a regular season than we've ever seen before. It, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. And maybe not. Maybe they just continue to go the way they have and they – play all the minutes for the four guys and then you know whatever 869-1240 what do you think on the KFH hotline we'll spend a little bit of time on the shockers and and get you around the rest of uh, college basketball heading up what what are the chances uh, uh what, what are we looking at at the big 12 if it's not KU who is it we'll get into that too sports daily rolling forward on a Friday
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily on KFH on this Friday edition of the program. Tommy Castro, Jacob Albrocht, Jad Chambers producing the program. We talked a little bit about KU basketball in our last segment, Jacob. The Shockers back in action, the final home game of the regular season inside Coke Arena this weekend against Rice, as we've talked about a ton over the last several weeks. Building that momentum up and, and finding ways to be able to string together wins you know, they go on the road, they beat UAB earlier this week. You've got an opportunity to n- now to send the fans home happy. Final home game of the regular season and two wins in a row that hasn't been done since November. Well, and you have an opportunity, maybe even more importantly, to get into a position, right, Tommy, where you can get a bye in the AAC. Yeah. Um, and, and, a, and an opportunity to string some wins together with Rice and Tulane still on the schedule. Those are winnable games. And, and in fact... And we say this a lot. Those are games they should win, right? Those are, those are, yep. It's not unreasonable to say they need to win those games based on what we've seen this team be capable of, the ceiling of this team. And we've seen way too much more of the floor, but we've seen the ceiling. They have every opportunity to go win these two games and hope things fall their way and maybe catch a break in the tournament. I, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. And, you know, the specifics of what it'll take, I, I think. In its simplest terms, they've got to be the you know the best rebounding team on the floor in each game that they play, which they are capable of doing. It is what they can hang their hats on for this year, and they probably have to hit free throws, right? And and I don't want to say they can't turn the ball over because they're gonna turn the ball over. It's not. <laughs> I'd love for them to not do that, but that's what they're going to do. So just you know limit it, I think, and make sure those turnovers don't kill you, and, and don't let a team do what Temple did. And just all of a sudden come up with all these offensive rebounds, and you know they're they're going to have a chance. You know their best. It, it's their best. White Thompson said this about the Cats, right? They're capable of beating anybody, but losing to anybody. But I think the Shockers are even more of an example of that. 
Like their best is good enough to hang in this league. Their worst is bad enough to lose to anybody in this league too. They can't have an off night and win these games. They've got to bring it and be at their peak if they're going to do anything. But I'm excited about these final games. I want to see him play. I want to see him win two in a row. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. And then see if it can be. Right. Well, and that's the point. If they can string together a couple, you know, and at least uh, if you can win your final home game and uh, we've seen them be able to win on the road. They did it just the other night against UAB, you know, on the road against Tulane to wrap up the regular season. Uh, At that point, a three game winning streak going into the conference tournament at least you feel a little bit better about the way that things have gone this year. But even if the two lane game doesn't happen for them, you've got to do everything in your power to take down a team like rice, who again, you are objectively better than at home this weekend. Yeah. I mean, look, rice this year uh, is, is a half game worse than you overall is significantly worse than you in the net. Right. They actually have not been terrible on the road. In true road games this year, Tommy, they're 5-5. Five and five. So they haven't been awful on the road. They've actually been one of the better teams in the conference on the road. Yep. You know, it's, it's funny. That's what's funny about looking at the game. Like, you go up and down. South Florida's been good on the road, but FAU's under 500 on the road. Charlotte's under 500 on the road. SMU's under 500 on the road. North Texas is under 500 on the road. Rice is 500 on the road. So not a bad road team. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say, oh, it's it, it is what it is. I don't. I think it'd be naive of us to say, oh, the Shockers have this one in the bag in any game they play, right? Because they just haven't consistently played well enough to say that. But the one thing I'll say about, and I don't know anything else about Rice. I haven't seen one second of Rice basketball this year. All I know is that I can look at their road record and know that they have not been terrible on the road this year. So we'll keep that in mind. The Shockers, you'll have the broadcast this weekend. We're going to tell you how you can catch that broadcast and everything else coming up this weekend when we get back on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.